Well, I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles again to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. We began looking at this last week as we looked at the uh, great white throne judgment last week. And we uh, are going to continue to look at this. And uh, next week we're going to look at the books, the books that were open. And then the week after that we're going to look at what the Word of God says about heaven. And so we've got a drama coming up. That drama depicts hell. Uh, that drama depicts a judgment. That drama depicts those books, or at least one of those books, that if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you're going to be cast into uh, the uh, eternal lake of fire. And it also depicts heaven. And so for that reason, I'm wanting us to uh, get prepared for this. And I think the more we understand this, the more we know this, the more we understand and know the realities of, uh, of hell and that eternal lake of fire, uh, the more that we're going to know and understand uh, that we as Christians, we need to be busy sharing the gospel. We need to invite those who are lost, encourage them to come and be a part of what God's doing. Amen. And, and so... Uh, and, and as you look at that, uh, the, that sin absolutely ruins lives. Amen. It, it destroys. And we see it all around us every single day. But God is the one who saves. And ultimately, one of these days, God is going to take everything that has been touched by sin, everything that has been affected and impacted and ruined by sin. One of these days, God is going to get rid of it all. He's going to cleanse everything, everything that has been impacted by sin is going to be cast out and all that's going to remain is that which is good and that which is pure amen and that's all we're going to see forever and ever and ever and for all eternity and praise God for that so see, we look here in the word of God in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 20, uh, verse 11 we see here <coughs> excuse me we see here in the word of God we see that there is a great white throne. And so as we looked at that, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose, pre uh, whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every single one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And so last week we looked at the reality of that great white throne judgment. We looked at the reality of hell. We looked at the reality of that lake of fire and that it is real. Hell is real. Hell is a place of utter terror. It's something that every single person should be afraid of. But again, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have a reason 
in the world to be afraid of that because there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is not uh, your eternal destiny and there is no place called purgatory. That is something that is fictional, that, that, that doesn't exist and is found nowhere in Scripture whatsoever. And so as we begin to look at this and begin to look at the Word of God, you find there the great white throne. You find one who's sitting on it. We looked at that last week. That is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who makes it a great throne. Amen. The reason it's a white throne is because, again, the one who's sitting on it is pure. And so as we understand that Jesus who's sitting on it is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the one that we saw in Revelation chapter 19 that had many crowns, many diadems up on his head. And he has the right to rule. And he wages war and he judges. But how does he do it? He judges. He judges righteously and we see uh, that we, we see that very clearly within scripture and so there again we see the dead that are there before the throne and that's what I want to focus on this morning I want to focus upon the dead and as we look at the dead we find there the dead that are before the throne of God we see that in verse 12 and I saw the dead the great and the small standing before the throne and so it's interesting as you see the dead that are before the throne of God. The Word of God uses the word dead, and so when we look at that word dead, what does it mean? It means they're dead, right? It means that there's no life within them. It means that they are a corpse. And so as we understand the Word of God, there's three types of death that the Bible speaks of. The Bible speaks of a physical death where we physically die, our bodies physically die, and then they are placed within a tomb. And then there is spiritual death. Spiritual death is what the Word of God speaks of in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. And so that is what we find here right now is those who are spiritually dead. And so as we look at that, why are they spiritually dead? They're spiritually dead because they're in their trespasses and their sins. They have never repented. They have never confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord. They have never trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have never been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they're separated from God. We go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. There it is that God told Adam. He told Adam, he said, that of every tree within this garden you may eat of you may eat of it freely but of that one tree you may not eat of it he said the day that you eat of that tree you shall surely die and I believe God wasn't just talking about a physical death yes death entered into his body where one day the man who was created to live for all eternity he did die physically but he was also cast out of the garden and he died spiritually to where he was separated from God he died and so those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are dead in their transgressions and sin. Then there's a third type of death of which we'll get into in just a moment. And that is the second death. But here it is as we look and we find that the dead, the dead were standing before the throne. As we look at the fact that the dead were standing before the throne, what we find here is we have a resurrection that has taken place.
taking place, this resurrection. Who is it a resurrection of? It's not a resurrection of those who are in Christ. We've already seen that. We've already talked about that. Amen. That those who um, the, the, those who are, are, are dead, the Bible tells us, are going to then going to rise and they're going to meet Jesus in the clouds of glory. And then those who are alive and remain, they're going to be caught up together with them and meet them in the clouds of glory. We've already talked about a resurrection of those tribulation saints where they're going to be there with Jesus and they're going to rule and reign with Jesus during that time of the millennium. And so we've already seen them. They've already been resurrected. They're already resurrected. They've already had that, that, that resurrected, glorified body that has been given to them. And they've already lived out that 1,000-year millennial reign with Christ. And so now it's at the end of the millennium. And at the end of the millennium, here comes another resurrection. But this isn't the resurrection of the living. They're already resurrected. They're already given their glorified bodies. This is a resurrection of the dead. And so now... It it is the dead that is standing before the very throne of God awaiting the judgment that we talked about last week in Acts chapter 24 and verse 15. The Bible says there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. There's going to be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2 says uh, many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake these to everlasting life but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. So they're going to rise as well. We find in John chapter 5 and verse 20, 29 that Jesus talked about a resurrection of judgment. Obviously it's not the judgment of Christians because if you're in Christ there's no judgment upon you. Amen? And, and so when we look at that in John chapter 3 and verse 18 Jesus says, Him who believes is not judged. So when we understand that, we recognize that truth. Again, Romans 8.1, There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So who is, what is this resurrection of judgment that Jesus is talking about? The resurrection of the dead, those who have died, those who are separated spiritually from God. Now this bodily resurrection is there now in bodily form that are separated, that have, are, are separated from God because of their sin and they are still dead, but now they're standing before the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now they're awaiting that judgment and their judgment is going to be the lake of fire. And so when we recognize this, the Bible tells us right here in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6, it says in verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy are the ones who has part in the first resurrection. The first resurrection, what is that resurrection? That resurrection is those of the living, those who are in Christ, blessed and holy, uh, are those who take part in that, the Word of God says. Over these, the second death has no power. The second death. 
but they will be priests of God and Christ and will reign with Him for a thousand years. And who are that? Those are the ones who are in Christ Jesus. But of the second resurrection, of the resurrection of those who are going to be resurrected into judgment, the Word of God tells us that in that resurrection, that second resurrection, the resurrection of the unrighteous, the resurrection of the dead, that they're going to be resurrected back into their bodies for a second death. And what is that second death? That second death is the lake of fire. The Word of God tells us right there in verse 15 of chapter 20, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I'm going to get into more detail about the book of life next week, but if your name is not written in the book of life, it simply means that's because you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior therefore you are separated spiritually from God you are dead and when you die physically in that what happens to you is your body or your, your body is going to go in the grave just as a Christian's body would go in the grave but for the Christian to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord but for the one who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're going to be cast into Hades. Not the lake of fire yet. That's yet to come. But right now, they're cast into this place called Hades. And what is that place called Hades? We need to understand that the Greek word for Hades is also the same Hebrew word in the Old Testament for Sheol. And what is that? It's the place of the dead. Right? It's the place of the dead. And we find that throughout the New Testament. We find uh, Sheol throughout the Old Testament. And that is the place of the dead. And when we realize and we look at the place of the dead, we, we, we see there within the Word of God that that's the place that the, that, that the rich man, uh, that he was cast into. And so when he was cast into Hades, he was still in torment because the Word of God tells us there as Jesus was giving this parable that he lifted up his eyes in torment but what is Hades Hades is kind of a holding cell if you will it's a holding cell of a place that is awaiting judgment it's just like today if you get arrested today they don't just automatically send you to the state prison if you're here in Mississippi they don't just automatically send you to parchment or if you're there in Louisiana they don't just automatically send you to Angola that they put you in the holding cell they put you in that temporary cell they're going to send you to Millard and you're going to sit there until Millard in Millard until your court date comes and you're going to be there throughout your court time and until the judge says that you're guilty until that guilty verdict has been given to you it's not until then that you're going to be sent to the big house amen and you're going to serve your time in that state prison or maybe serve your time in the federal prison wherever you're going to ultimately serve your time out but here it is that they are in that temporary holding cell but even the rich man while he was in Hades he lifted up his eyes in torment friend it is still a place of torment it is still a place of pain it is still a place of suffering it is not a place where they can go down into and get things right and appease God and then God says well I changed my mind I'm not going to send you into the great lake uh, the, 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 the lake of fire no that place does not exist the moment you die 
Your fate is forever sealed for all eternity. And there they are, they're cast into Hades. And so we call it hell, Hades, hell. So as we begin to understand what that's all about, we recognize who, who is cast into the lake of fire, who will be cast into the lake of fire, who is cast into Hades today. In verse 12, he says, And I saw the dead, the great and the small. The great and the small. You know, when you begin to look at the great and the small, you look at folks today that seem to have no voice, they have no power, uh, they have no influence, they have no prestige, they, 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 people don't even know that they exist. Maybe, you know, they're in the world, but others don't even see them. Listen, they might be considered the small, but if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they're going to be cast into hell as well. And as we begin to look in the Word of God, listen, they can be the most powerful, the most prestigious, the most honorable people that that, that world gives them honor, the world gives them prestige, the world might even, you know, uh, uh, worship them, if you will, and exalt them into positions that no human being has any position being exalted in. They might be great leaders, they might be Alexander the Great. Right? Call him Alexander the Great. But you know what? He didn't have a per- personal relationship with Jesus. And for that reason, we understand where he himself is today. And so when we begin to re- recognize this, John Philip wrote something re- very uh, interesting that I wrote down right here. When you begin to think about the great and the small, he said, The dead, the small and the great stand before God. Dead souls are united to dead bodies in a fellowship of horror and despair little men and poultry women whose lives were filled with pettiness selfishness nasty little sins will be will be there those whose lives amounted to nothing will be there whose very sins were drab and and, uh, dowdy mean and spiteful peevish uh, groveling vulgar common and cheap the great will be there as well men who sinned with high uh, with high handed and and, uh, 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 and dashingness and courage and flair. Men like Alexander and Napoleon and Hitler and Stalin will be present. Men who went in for wickedness on a grand scale with, while the, uh, with the world for their stage and who died unrepented at last. Now, um, now one are, and all are arraigned and their way to be on their way to be damned a horrible fellowship congregated together for the first and the last time it doesn't matter who you were in this world it doesn't matter who you are in this world if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus friends it's going to account for nothing Amen. It will account for absolutely nothing whatsoever. Heard somebody say one day that the great and small stand for the nobodies and the somebodies. Amen. So it doesn't matter who they are. They're going to all be in equal standing up on that dreaded day. But here it is, as they all, the dead, stand before that great white throne. They were summoned before that great white throne. They were summoned there. They came out. The Word of God tells us in verse 13, it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. 
Now, it's an interesting statement. I just told you what Hades is. And so as we look at Hades and begin to recognize that, that, that Hades is a pl- the place of the dead, what is it? That, that's a place where their soul is. That's a place where their soul resides in torment. But then as we look at a bodily resurrection and we think of that bodily resurrection that is taking place, oftentimes we talk about the dead coming up out of the graves. There was a read in Daniel where from the dust of the earth that the dead are going to rise. And so what is that? That is not the true sense of a person. Their, their soul and their spirit is the true sense of a person. And somebody's soul and spirit who has died physically is either with Jesus or in Hades. One or the other. But it's interesting that the Bible says right here, and the sea gave up the dead. There was a lot of debate and a lot of theory of why the Word of God says that the sea gave up the dead. As you look at this, you know, we, we, we do think about that bodily resurrection. And so when we begin to recognize and think about this, where's the most difficult place to find a body that has been lost? And that's in the sea. That's in the sea. A body that is lost in the sea, you know, when Osama bin Laden uh, was killed, what did they do with him? They didn't want people to erect a shrine to him and make some great big monument to him. So what did they do? They took him out on a Navy ship and they dumped his body out in the sea. Why? So nobody would ever find it again. Guess what? God's going to find it one day. Amen? And, and so every single one of those bodies, even if it's in the deepest, darkest crevice of the sea, the deepest, darkest place of the world, guess what? It is going to rise again, but it is going to be a resurrection of death. And so the sea gave up the dead that was in it, and also the death in Hades gave up the dead that was in it. And so you find a, a, a conjoining of the soul and the body together but understand even though the soul and the body comes back together they're still dead why are they still dead because they're still separated from God and with the soul and the body being combined together guess where they're going to be cast into they're going to be cast into the lake of fire the place of torment forever and ever and ever and ever with no hope of ever escaping whatsoever. So today, friends, if you don't know that you know that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. You need to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Something I want you to understand here as we continue to look at this is that the dead are not the only ones that are cast into the lake of fire. A few weeks ago, we looked at uh, the fact in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, we, we looked at the fact that at the uh, end, uh, at the, uh, right before the time of the millennium, that the beast, which is the Antichrist and his false prophet, and on the day of the Lord, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. They're going to be there a thousand years before anybody else goes in to the lake of fire, having to endure it 1,000 years longer. We also find in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10 that the devil himself is going to be cast 
into the lake of fire. Verse 10, in chapter 20 it says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and there they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. As we look at pictures today of of, uh, depictions of hell. We see Satan sitting on a throne and Satan sitting up there with a scepter and maybe even Satan having a uh, uh, Satan having a crown upon his head and he is he's the king of hell if you will but not according to that text text of scripture right there. He's going to be tormented night and day forever and ever and ever. Guess what? Jesus is king. Jesus is king of all. Amen? Not the devil. Nobody is going to be down there bowing down to the devil and giving, paying homage to the devil. No, he himself is going to be tormented night and day. All of his demons are going to be tormented night and day. The, the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be tormented night and day forever and ever. In the lake of fire. Not only is the false prophet and the, and the Antichrist and the devil cast into the lake of fire, we see there in verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. That's the second death. When those whose names have not bitten, been written into the, lake of, uh, into the book of life, they are cast into the lake of fire. They have experienced the second death. But death and Hades will be cast in there as well. There will be no more death. There will be no more temporary holding cells. Jesus will have put under His foot every single enemy and everything will have been absolutely accomplished. Everything that has been tainted by sin, everything that has been corrupted by sin, every rebellion, every uprising, everything that has corruption and even the stench of corruption upon it is going to be done away with. Something that I overlooked, verse 11 that I want to get back to right now, something kind of interesting. It says, then I saw, in verse 11 of chapter 20, it says, then I saw a great white throne and Him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Now earth and heaven is not cast into the eternal lake of fire, but the Word of God tells us something very clearly that's going to take place in the end days is going to take place right before, right after the millennial reign of Christ, right before the great white throne judgment. That heaven and earth is going to be destroyed by fire. Second Peter tells us that very clearly. Going to be destroyed by fire. We also find it interesting that in chapter 21 it says, In chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there there is no longer any sea. No longer any sea. 
But here's a new heaven and a new earth, the old heaven and the old earth that passed away, from whose presence they fled away. The earth has been corrupted by sin. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that, it, that, that creation itself groans, <laughs> groans for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Groans for that time to come. We look at that, even heaven's been corrupted. There's a rebellion in heaven of where Satan decided Lucifer the brilliant one, the shining one, the chief cherub. He rebelled against God. He wanted to uh, exalt His throne up before the very throne of God Himself. He said, I will be like the Most High, as we see in Isaiah chapter 14. But instead, He was cast down. He took down with Him one-third of all of the angels, which then became demons. That coup, that failed coup, in heaven, that even heaven was corrupted with that failed coup. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Then the Bible tells us there in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 27. It says, And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it but only those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, the Lamb's book of life is very prominent right there, isn't it? Nothing unclean. Nothing corrupted. Nothing that's even been tainted by even the stench of sin and the stench of rebellion and the stench of ungodliness. Nothing is going to enter into that new heaven and that new earth. All we're going to see there is absolute purity, all unpurity. Everything unpure, everything unholy, everything ungodly, everything wicked, everything vile, everything detestable, all of it has been done away with even if it's only been tainted by it. Friends, all of us have been tainted by sin. Not only have we been tainted by sin, we've been corrupted by sin. Our lives have been ruined by sin. But oh, praise God for the grace of God. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When we turn to Jesus, believe on Jesus, trust Jesus, guess what? Our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. They're cast out. Even the deepest stain is blotted out. We're given those white robes of purity. When we're given those resurrected bodies, guess what? When we stand before Him, we're going to be as He is. According to 1 John. We're not going to be king. We're not going to be Lord, but we're going to be pure. No longer tainted by sin. Everybody has that opportunity.
whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. So if our name's written in the Lamb's book of life, we're going to be able to enter. If it's not, we won't because we're still in our sins. You can't come in. Instead, you'll reside in the lake of fire forever, never, never, and ever. But God loves you. He wants to save you. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, friend, come to Him. Friends, as a Christian, one who is saved is one whose life, whose name is written down in the book of life. We ought to see something very important, very valuable right here. God loves purity. Amen. God loves holiness. And as Christians, that's what we're going to experience forever and ever and ever and ever when that time comes. And as Christians, that's what we ought to be seeking for today. Amen. Right here, right now, today. Any sins that have been invaded into our life that we've allowed, that we've even invited in or maybe even sought after we as Christians need to get them out and be holy because he himself is holy amen that's who God's called you to be right now as our praise team comes on up this way and as you stand First of all, do you know that you know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, come today. How, how do I receive Just by faith. Just by faith, friend. Simple act of faith. Trusting and believing on Jesus. Say, well, I'm still confused. Well, come start a conversation with me. I'll be glad to talk to you. I'll be glad to share scripture with you. I'll be glad to pray with you. Would you today come by faith and be saved? You're that Christian here today and say, you know what, Brother Rusty, I've got sin in my life. I know I do. Holding on to it. Make today that day where you get it out. Repent of it. Stand in purity. 